Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel's CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. You can watch his program, The Spirit Contemporary Life with Leon Fontaine, weekdays on Miracle Channel. And now, Leon Fontaine will talk about the benefits of speaking and hearing one another's love languages, no matter what type of relationship. Let's dive into the message. As you look at relationships, one of the things I'm going to drive you towards, I don't have time to begin to unpack a whole ton of stuff, but I can point you in directions and I can begin to identify and look at signs and symptoms of relationships, what's hurting them and where to go for the ones that are helping them. And one of the keys to me as a pastor over the years is to understand the five love languages. Make sure that you understand what yours is. Usually your love language is the one that you're always using on your spouse because that's the one you speak it's the one you want back and so get a hold of the book dive into it and make a decision to learn what are the five love languages because who wants to love someone for 10 years and then only discover after a while that they've never felt it they've never felt loved they've never felt valued they've never felt like anything only because you're not speaking their language. Now, no one has just one. They say there's five primary love languages and hundreds of dialects, meaning hundreds of mixtures. Uh, Sally always laughingly tells me, sorry, I have all five. And I go, yeah, I know. Because it's the truth. We, If you want to be a person that learns to love, you must speak all five love languages. Why? Because you also want to love your dad. Do you know what love language your dad speaks? Remember years ago, I was talking, uh, not about the love language, but about this whole area of belief systems, which is close in the heart. And there was a woman just a few rows back over to my right that just started to sob. And she was in her 40s, maybe early 50s. And after the service, you know, she, I walked, ran into her and I said, like, man, I said, like, you were having a moment there. What's going on? And she said, I have believed all my life that my dad didn't love me because he's never shown me love. And she goes, all of a sudden, sitting in the service, listening to you share, I recognized that with his love language, he had been loving me the entire time and that he had been pouring love on me. And I forget how she unpacked it because his love language was literally acts of service and how he looked after her and served her and provided and worked himself to death just trying to give her the things she needed. Now, she wishes that he'd have spoken her love language and been able to give her words of affirmation and speak to her the words that she so wanted to hear in her heart. But both learning them to 
use them and learning them to receive them are important. Now, if she'd have known this, these skills years earlier, she could have had a great relationship with her dad because although he wasn't speaking her love language, she could have recognized he's speaking his. And just to know that he's pouring love on me, but that's not the way, literally would have helped her immensely. Your mom has a love language. And maybe you're button heads with your mom. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. A friend of mine, Bruxy Cavey from a church in Toronto, wrote a book called Jesus Came to End Religion. And he tells a story that and I'm going to mess it up, but I'm going to tell you, know, we've, we've, I've probably told it here before, about a relationship that has become religious. And let me tell you the story. And if you've heard it before, just bear with me. It's about a couple who are struggling in their relationship, and so she has a come-to-Jesus talk. You know what a come-to-Jesus talk is? Like you sit down, you look at each other in the face, and you say, I've had enough, I've had enough, I've had enough. So she lets know that she's tired of not having a friendship, not their marriage not getting along, that you don't do anything, we don't date, we don't go out, it's your work, it's my kids. We need something more in our relationship. So they had this big talk, and there was hurt feelings and different things, and they both, you know, kind of go back to their work and stuff. And on Thursday comes a knock on the door. And she goes to the door, and there's the neighbor girl. And she goes, hi. She goes, I'm here to babysit the kids tonight. She goes, oh, sweetie, I never called you about babysitting tonight. Oh, no, your husband did. What? Your husband booked me tonight. Oh. And she turns around, and here's her husband wearing his blue sports jacket and jeans, and he's got her little red dress that he likes so much in his hand. He goes, baby, I'm taking you out tonight. She is blown away. She is in awe. This man was listening to her. So she goes in the bedrooms and changed, does her hair, puts her makeup on, the red dress, and I mean, he's waiting for her, opens the car door. As they get in the car, he drives her to her favorite restaurant. Before they go in, he's got a little gift that he just pulls out of the glass love box and hands it to her. She opens it up and it's it's nothing expensive. It's just kind of a little bracelet, but he went out and picked it out for her and he's thinking about her and she's starting to go, this talk has worked. This is incredible. They go in to eat and he picks her favorite meal. He noticed she, that this was, and he, and he picks his favorite meal and he tells her all the stories of why he married her and what he loves about her. This couldn't be any better. She's beaming. Her love tank is just filling up so fast. She's so in awe of this man. This guy's incredible. At the end of the meal, he pulls out yellow roses from underneath the table and puts them in front of her and goes, baby, I love you. And it's her favorite roses, yellow. I'm telling you, it was an incredible night. It was an incredible week. Thursday comes. Knock on the door. She goes to the door, and it's the neighbor girl. And she goes, hi, I'm here to babysit. She goes, oh, sweetie, I never called you to babysit tonight. She goes, your husband did. Oh. And she turns, and there's her husband in the blue jacket. And he's got the red dress on a hanger. And he says, baby, I'm taking you out tonight. And she goes, wow, a second week in a row. She goes and changes, and he opens the door. She sits down. He drives to her favorite restaurant. And then all of a sudden, he pops the glove box open and pulls out a little package. She opens it, and it's another bracelet. She thinks, this is kind of odd, but he's trying. And 
She puts the bracelet on. It's the same restaurant that they stopped as last time. And as they get out, they go in, and he orders her the same meal she had last week, orders himself the same meals that he had last week, and he tells her the same stories about why he married her and what he loves about her. And then at the end of the meal, she's going, he's not, he is. Yellow roses come out from underneath the table. And put, and she's going, well, okay, but, you know, um, okay. It was okay, it was an okay night. Third Thursday, a knock comes on the door. And it's the girl, and she goes, hi. She goes, I'm here to babysit. She turns to her left. Sure enough, he steps out of the room with a red dress on a hanger wearing his blue jacket. He says, baby, I'm taking you out tonight. She starts to feel funny as she gets into the car. And at the restaurant, the same restaurant, she gets a third bracelet. Here's the same stories. Gets the yellow roses. The same food. The fourth week, she's dreading Thursday. And when the knock comes on the door, it's lost. All of its joy, all of its newness, it's all gone. Because that relationship has simply become religious. It's just going through motions. There's no creativity. There's no getting to know one another. There's no asking questions to open up whole new realms, new seasons of life, new seasons of marriage. It's the same old, same old. Like what you hear? You can watch more messages from Leon Fontaine on Corco Plus, Miracle Channel streaming service. Corco Plus has thousands of ministry programs in the Christian Living section. Every week, we take your favorite speakers and curate messages into topic-based playlists. You could watch a playlist on marriage, forgiveness, or your destiny, and hear hand-picked messages from speakers like Brian Houston, Levi Lisko, and so on. Go to corco.com to sign up for your free account in three simple steps. That's C-O-R-C-O.com. Corco Plus programming is available to Canadian residents only. One of the keys to relationships is to never stop understanding, never stop growing, never stop figuring out questions and, and new experiences. Because when you do, your relationship becomes religious. It just becomes a monotonous exchange of the same habits day after day. Now, not all habits are wrong. There's beautiful traditions that you can have in your marriage, whether it's date nights or having suppers together or going to bed at the same time to read a book and laugh and talk or whatever. There's lots of great traditions you can do. But if you lock in your marriage to where it's just this religious thing, then you begin to move away. And so learning and developing and growing is crucial. If I could give you one piece of advice out of this message of I believe in love. I believe in love. I believe love changes marriages, homes, kids. I believe. But if all you'll ever speak is your own language and you'll never learn their language, never ask them their language, never, never go to a course, never read a book, never do anything to grow the wisdom and the knowledge base inside of you, then you, sir, do not believe in love. You believe in what you want out of love, what you need out of love, and you are dogmatically stuck on this is what love is, and therefore they're wrong. And it's so easy to judge people 
when you look at what love is from your own perspective. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, it brings out a phenomenal chapter as to what love is. So let's, let me read it to you. I'm going to read it from the message translation. And think about this from the perspective of human relationships, which is the way you should be thinking about it. It says here, if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. I know many talented people, incredible people that everybody loves except their spouse. Except their spouse. They are gifted human beings, eloquent at something, writing music, doing business. They're just eloquent, phenomenally gifted people that everybody loves except their kids. Kids can't stand them. Spouse can't stand them. And it's saying here, you can have all this eloquence, angelic ecstasy, you're so good at something, but you're nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate if you don't learn to love the closest people to you. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries, making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. I know many spiritual people who know the word, who can talk about God till there's tears in their face and their eyes and can do things that the world will recognize them for because they're so spiritually alive and full of God's word and the ability to get miracles. But the people that are closest to them, they've never learned to love, never learned to love them. And so it says, it, it, it says here, if I have faith, it says to a mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. I know people who've given up their entire lives for somebody, given their entire gifting towards the kingdom of God, labored in the trenches. And when they've gotten done, they've actually never learned to speak anyone in their world's love language. All they've ever done is just give it away and, and be a martyr. Your spouse doesn't want a martyr. They just want to be loved. And it says, so no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Now, this is where our world is, and this is where many Christians are. You can be phenomenal at giftedness. You can be incredible at the word in your relationship with God. You can literally be such a giving person that you're just giving and sacrificing, but you've still never learned to speak your son's love language. And he still walks. You can't believe that ungrateful little ankle biter takes off after all that I've done and all the money I've poured into his education and the cars and the, th or however you've loved that person and they walk because you never pursued wisdom as to what are the love languages of these people. Then it goes on to talk about what love looks like. So love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for yourself. Romantic love, by the way, almost the way the world presents it when you go to movies, almost never uh, is about godly type of love. It's more about me, 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 and what I would like and what I would do. So you got to be careful. Love cares more for others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. You know, when you look at some of these things that love is, and you look at the way some people deal with their relationships, 
Relationships beca always become about power. You've got to be really careful. A marriage will become all about power. Who's got the power over the other person? And the person who loves and desires the relationship more is the person who's the weakest. If your relationship is about power. You'll catch on that in, in a bit. Doesn't re so love doesn't keep score on the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. You know, for those of you who, if, you, if you're a high eye, you're really good at talking. So every time you get into a situation, you try to talk your way out of it. But your spouse is tired of your talking. You know, because your talking is your love language. Because now you're going to give words of affirmation. You're going to weave this spell as to what's going on here. Uh, and the problem is, is that your love language is almost never your spouse's love language. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompleteness will be canceled. One day when we get to heaven, I mean, we're going to figure, we're going to know so beautifully how to love and show love. It's going to be phenomenal when it comes to the friends and the family. Then it goes on to say, when I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees it, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust, which is faith. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. All right. After having said all of that, I believe in love. Not the world's love. Not even your definition of love. Get back to believing and then get into God's word. Get a hold of some of the greatest books and things that are out there and let the Holy Spirit begin to lead you into all truth. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Leon Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.